Like we learned a few weeks ago that our greatest prospects for conversion are guests in our assemblies, non-Christians who come and visit with us during our own services. And having heard that and learned that, we might be tempted to just sit back and wait for the non-Christians to show up someday. But it simply doesn't work that way. First of all, most non-Christians don't realize their spiritual needs. And unless we say something to them to spark that, uh, they're not going to know that they have spiritual needs. But even those who do have spiritual needs don't know where to look. After all, there are churches on every corner. And as far as the non-Christians in the world are concerned, one church is as good as another. Why should they come check this one out? They're only going to come check this one out if we let them know that they ought to come check this one out. And so that's what I want us to look at tonight, is us getting folks to know that they need to come check out the Franklin Church of Christ. Now, to us, that may sound a little bit daunting, a little bit overwhelming. We recognize that that means something is asked of all of us to start talking to folks about the congregation. What I want us to do tonight is I want us to go to one of the most successful personal evangelists in the Bible. This woman, because of her work, converted to Christ almost her entire hometown. Many in her hometown believed because of what she did. I'm talking about John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman at the well. We find in John chapter 4 that many of the Samaritans in this city believed because of a very simple invitation that this woman offered. In John chapter 4 and verse 29, John chapter 4 and verse 29, it says she went into the city. She said, Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And from this, many believed. And then many more went out and talked to Jesus. And many more believed. Now, if she could be this successful with just a simple invitation, Come see a man. I believe we can also be successful and effective by talking about inviting and recommending and just letting folks that they need to come see a church. There's some lessons that we can learn here tonight. And as with the last session that we did, uh, this is not quite as formal as a normal sermon. Uh, I don't want anybody just breaking in and interrupting with questions, but we are going to have maybe a little give and take tonight. Uh, as we look at some things. The very first thing that we learn from the Samaritan woman is that we ought not be hindered by our past. When you consider this woman, it's absolutely amazing that she went back into the city and invited these men to come and listen to Jesus. When you look in John chapter 4 and verse 17, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that, you spoke truly. Here is a woman that's been married five times, and now she's just shacking up with somebody. Who is she to go in and tell folks to come out and check out this guy? Here's a woman that five men had put away, or maybe she had put some of them in the ground. This is not your number one person that we think can go to the men of the city and encourage them to go out and meet Jesus. And yet, that's exactly what she did. She didn't get bogged down in her past. She didn't think about all the sins that she'd committed and all the reasons why folks wouldn't listen to her. She just had she had met this man and it had changed her life and she wanted everyone else to hear about it too. And she went into the city and she went to the men of the city and said, Come, see a man. The same thing applies to us today. There are a lot of us 
that are quiet about our involvement in the congregation and in the church because we know folks have seen us at our worst. They've seen our sins. They've seen our slips. They've seen our mistakes. But think about this. Who better to recommend Christ's church than someone whose life has been changed by what they've heard here? And folks can see the change. They know when we've become someone new. And it doesn't take long for them to notice. Now, certainly... If you're continuing in sin and you're not striving to live a godly right life, we do not want you inviting. We don't want you telling folks that you're a member of this congregation. What we want you to do is to repent and change your life based on the gospel and then start inviting folks because they'll be able to tell the difference. But don't get bogged down in the past. Don't think, well, there's nothing I can do because folks have seen how bad I have been. If this woman could do it, so can we. Don't you think? you agree with that? Say amen. amen. Okay, I appreciate that. That helps me out. Alright, number two. Don't get so caught up in all the earthly concerns that you miss the spiritual needs and opportunities that surround us. Here this Samaritan woman had just a few minutes with Jesus and she went back into the city and invited these men to come see a man. And they came out and we find in verse 39 of John 4, many of the Samaritans of the city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. What amazes me the most about this scenario, though, is that the apostles, who had been with Jesus much more time, and knew much more about Jesus, had gone into the same city. Verse 8, the disciples had gone away into the city to buy food, and they did not have any success converting anyone, teaching anyone. Why not? Well, because of what the verse said. They went into the city to buy food. They didn't go into the city to talk to folks about Christ. They didn't go into the city to invite people to come see a man. And so they didn't have success. They were caught up in the daily concerns of getting food. Our master's hungry. That's what we're focused on. In fact, they may have even looked at these Samaritans as well. Samaritans. Half-breeds with mixed religion who don't deserve Christ or wouldn't listen anyway. And so they ignored the needs that were around them. And they walked into the city that was obviously right and ready for harvest, and walked out and accomplished nothing of great value. But this woman walked into the city and gave a very simple invitation and brought him out. Why? Because she saw the need. She recognized it. And she dealt with it. How easy it is for us to get caught up in the daily concerns of our lives. What things do we have going on in our lives right now? Number one, was it about two weeks away, right? Christmas. I mean, we've got shopping, and we've got cooking, and we've got family, we've got playing, we've got all these things that we need to do. We've got our jobs, our kids have things at school, we've got PTA, we've got soccer, we've got plays, we've got tennis. We've got all of these things. And sometimes it's easy to get caught up in that and forget that this checkout clerk I'm talking to is probably lost. The bank teller that I'm dealing with probably still in her or his sins. My friends at work 
are lost. A lot of my family, lost. If we're constantly going into the city to buy food, we'll miss the spiritual opportunities that are around us. We need to be like the Samaritan woman and recognize them and see them and capitalize on them. Who are the people that we can invite? Can you think of some folks that we could invite and just let them know about the congregation? Think of some. Okay, neighbors. Well, there are a whole bunch of them outside putting up Christmas lights. Why not stop and invite one of them to services sometime? Who else? Co-workers? Say that again? Family? Family? Okay. We got family. Boy, that's the number one place. Okay, how about your, your children? Boy, that's some children's, friends, parents. Maybe even just the children's friends. That might get the parents to come. What about the bank teller? Or the checkout clerk at Walmart? Certainly, I understand that that kind of cold invitation is not going to have as much effect as somebody that you're already good friends with, but you might hit the person that has the need. So just people we come in contact with. Just anyone that we see. Some of those, if you go to the same bank every week, you might deal with the same teller all the time. After a while. They get enough invitations, they might show up. We have lots of folks that we can invite. We just need to see the need. When you're walking through the mall and you see all those hundreds of people are going through Walmart, the great majority of those people are lost. And we need to do something about that. We need to see the needs. The third thing that we can learn from this Samaritan woman is that we need to just make the invitation simple. When the Samaritan woman went back into the city in John chapter 4 and verse 29, she didn't go to the men and say, you guys, the most important thing in the world is the same place. You guys have to come see this. She just made a very simple invitation. She said, come see a man. And that's the same thing that we need to do when we make invitations and recommendations about this congregation. It's just very simple. Come see a church. Come check it out. We don't have to shore it up with a lot of pomp and circumstance. We don't have to say things like, look, I, just, I want to talk to you about the most important decision in your life. How many of you want to make the most important decision of your life today? Most, we, most of us would probably like to put that one off for a while. Give us a little time to think about it. We don't have to say all that. Just come see a church. Come check it out. Very simple. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. Just say something simple. Can we all do that? Can everybody say, come check out Franklin Church of Christ? That's easy. There's nothing to that. We can all do that. Another thing that we learn from her is that we need to recommend a specific reason. While she did just say, come see a man, she actually said a little bit more than that. She went further and said, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? So here's the reason why I want you to check this out. He told me everything I ever did. He might be the Christ. You need to check him out. And that's exactly what they did. They heard her testimony and they went and checked him out. And many of them believed based on her testimony and based on what he said when they came and talked to him. We need to recommend specific reasons. We don't need to just go up to folks and say, hey, would you like to come to church with me sometime? 
That's very general. That's very broad. Sometime contains lots and lots of weeks, years out in the future. Oh, yeah, sometime. Let's be very specific. Let's provide reasons. Reasons why they want to come check us out. How about this? Boy, if you want to check out good singing, if you want to be a part of good gospel singing, you need to come to the Franklin Church of Christ sometime. Or how about this? You know, man, you've got awesome kids. You know something that tells me with my kids? Is we've got Bible classes at the Franklin Church of Christ that are, that are great. And you need your kids to be involved in that. Why not bring them sometime? Or can I take them sometime? Or how about this? Well, you know what's helped me in my marriage? What I've learned from the Bible? I tell you what, if you want to learn from the Bible, you ought to come visit at the Franklin Church of Christ sometime because we get lots of Bible lessons just straight from the Word of God that help out in your life. Can you think of some things that we could recommend? Obviously, some of these recommendations are very uh, time-specific. Uh, some things that, uh, you know, for instance, if somebody talks about their marriage trouble, then you bring up the thing, oh, we'll learn about your marriage from the Bible, or if they've got kids. But what about some things just in general that we could recommend about this congregation? Can you think of some? Okay, friendly. Every single one of my friends that have come in here that have left has said, wow, they were very friendly. So we can recommend that. You want to meet a friendly bunch of people that will unfold you into the congregation? Come to the Franklin Church of Christ. What else can you recommend? Considerate? Okay. They're considerate. We were talking about the people again. we got good folks there. You want, to be, you want to meet some good people that will be nice to you? Come to Franklin Church of Christ. Supportive? Boy, they'll be helpful. The congregation itself is, is supportive. They want to help you go to heaven. You want to be a part of that kind of congregation? You ought to come check out the Franklin Church of Christ. Good teachers. Got good teaching. Boy, it comes straight from the Bible. You want to hear just what God has to say about something? Well, you ought to come to the Franklin Church of Christ because that the teachers just come from the Bible. What about the singing? Think we can recommend the singing? You know, one of the number one things that folks are shocked about is that they can come into a place that doesn't have a piano and the singing is actually really good. Folks are amazed at that. That's one of the number one things that we have to recommend to folks to bring them in. And they're amazed at it. They just can't imagine it being like that. Remember one, uh, one lady back in Texas that came to one of our meetings and she was a neighbor of my friend Max. And she said afterwards that she said, you know, I've never heard singing like that. When I went back to my church on Sunday, I decided to sing just like y'all did. Everybody was looking at me though. So, you know, they just had no idea that, uh, that singing can be that good, but we can recommend that. You need to think about some things that you can recommend. Because right now I said, hey, what can you recommend? We all said back, oh, I don't have any idea. Well, if I can't think of anything to recommend, guess what I'm going to recommend when I'm talking to somebody? Nothing. If, I'm, if I can't think of it now when I'm around a bunch of people thinking about recommending, I'm certainly not going to think of it in the Walmart checkout line, am I? I'm not going to think about it when I'm in the midst of a conversation with my neighbor or with my family members. So think about it. Write it down specifically some things that you can recommend about this congregation to tell folks, come check it out. You really need to come see what we've got going on at the Franklin Church of Christ. That's what the Samaritan woman did, and it worked for her. Fourth thing, 
Let the church speak for itself. The Samaritan woman really took a chance here. Because she obviously believed that Jesus was more than just a man. But would any of these other folks believe that? Or when they came out to check him out, would they get mad at him for saying what he said in verse 22? You worship what you don't know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Kind of dangerous. He might say that to them. And they might get really mad, not only at him, but at her for doing the recommending. But she did the recommending anyway. And she did it without trying to mold Jesus into her perfect people-pleasing Savior that she might want Him to be. She just went in and said, come check Him out. And then she let Jesus speak for Himself. And folks believed. The same is true for us. When we invite folks to come to the church, to come to our services and be a part of our worship, we then just need to let the church speak for itself. Don't get caught up in trying to make sure that a certain person is leading singing or leading the prayers. Don't get caught up in trying to make sure that certain topics don't get preached on. Goodness knows, certainly, we don't want any lessons on instrumental music when we have guests here. And certainly don't say the word hell and don't say that people who haven't been baptized for mission their sins are lost. Ah, one of the biggest things I ever got in trouble for was I mentioned the lasciviousness that goes on with a lot of modern teenage uh, uh, cheerleading at schools. And just so happened, one of our guests was a cheerleader. Well, you know, if if the shoe fits, wear it. When the truth is taught, we just have to let it speak for itself. And we don't need to mold it to try to hope it's just the right thing for them. They just need to see what we are and what we do and what is taught. And then they'll have to make the decision for themselves just like all of these people did. We need to let the church speak for itself. Then, we need to be prepared, because not everyone will believe. Now, I recognize that in verse 39 and in verse 41, it points out that many believed. And that's great. But notice it does not say that all believed. Many believed. That means some didn't believe. The same is true today. We're going to invite folks and some of them aren't going to show up. And of those who show up, some of them are not going to want to study with us. And of those who study with us, some of them are not going to be converted. We've just got to be prepared for that. But don't focus on the ones that don't become Christians. Let's focus on the ones that do. Let's think about the folks who do recognize their needs and who do come. And let's work with them. And then let's think about those who do get together and study with us. And let's work with them. And then let's take those who do become Christians and work with them. Focus on them so that we'll continue on doing the work. We need to be prepared that not everyone will believe. Maybe many will that we talk to. But we need to remember what Jesus pointed out, that few follow on the path that Christ has offered. Many will take the wide way. The majority don't want what we have to offer through Christ. But there are some who do. And there are some who, when we point out their need, will believe and will become one of us. And that's what we need to focus on, thinking about them. And finally, we need to recognize the urgency to get this message out. In John chapter 4 and verse 28, the Scripture there says that the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, now, she was so urgent about this, she had come out here to get water. What did she do? 
She found something that was so much more important. She even left her water pot there and went back into the city to get these men to come out and check out this Savior. That's how urgent it was. I mean, here's a, here's a man that's more than a man out at the well, and I don't know how long he's going to be there. Y'all need to come check him out right now. She saw it as urgent. We need to have this same kind of urgency. Now, obviously, it's probably a little bit more difficult for us to see the urgency than it was for her. After all, if they don't come today, well, there's always next Sunday, right? And so we can put it off. Well, we know that there's not always next Sunday. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. They may not have next week. But even if you're not thinking about that, just think about what it is that we're doing. We're talking about saving souls. We're talking about taking people out of the clutches of the devil. We're not talking about filling up this building. We're talking about filling up heaven. And we don't need to wait till next week to do something about that, or next month, or next year. We don't need to wait till January 1st when we can do our New Year's resolutions. We need to do something about that right now. There are lost people out there that are dying and going to hell. What are we doing? One of the most effective things we could do is just go out and invite them. Come see a church. If the Samaritan woman could do it, I think we can do it too. What do you think? You realize that we have access to over 100,000 people in this area. And how many sound congregations are there in this city? Out of the hundreds of thousands of people that are around us, what are, we, are there maybe in, in the Nashville and, and Franklin and Brentwood and all the surrounding area, what, 1,000, 1,500 maybe, when you put all those churches together? Uh, that's not much, is it? So many people that we need to get the message out to. We may not be ready to go out and have a home Bible study with them, but I think all of us, can tell somebody, hey, you ought to come check out the Franklin Church of Christ sometime. You want good singing? You ought to come this Sunday, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, you need to be there. 9 o'clock for Bible classes. We can do that. Everybody here think you can do that? Very good. Keep in mind what we learned. We learned a few weeks ago that it takes about 100 invitations to actually find the one person who will be converted. What that means is, we need to be inviting. Uh, we have a, about 100 people here tonight. You know what that means? Or just a little bit less than that? If everybody here tonight would give one invitation this week, we're already well on our way to finding the next one who will be converted. But the average number of invitations that people give in a year is four or five. So it's going to take us 25 years then to find someone. So let's all go out and start inviting, start recommending. If this woman could do it, so can we. Would you pull out your songbooks, please?